You are listening to Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. This is Ian Griffin. I'm here in Brighton, England at the Old Tree Brewery with the founder of the brewery, Tom. How are you doing? Really good. Nice to see you here. Well, it's great to be here. So we're here in a, on a Tuesday afternoon. It's a little cloudy, like it often is in England, but you've got a wonderful operation. Uh, tell me a little bit about the Old Tree Brewery. Sure. Um, so Old Tree is a botanical brewery um, that was founded to basically invest in community land regeneration. So we uh, began by working with various woodlands and community gardens and discovered the secrets of fermentation by doing this work and the fact that we can ferment pretty much most of the plants in our landscape and produce the most incredible flavours and nutritious um, you know, properties um, in this process. And that journey took us to become the brewery for Brighton's first zero-waste restaurant, Silo Brighton, which is in 2014 now. And since then, we, in that process, we experimented with hundreds and hundreds of different botanical drinks, soft drinks, alcoholic drinks, all of the different types of fermented um, drinks, and ended up mainly producing kombucha because you need to f- do one thing really efficiently to make a viable business. And what, when you said botanical drinks from anything, are you talking stuff you find in the hedgerows? Yes. Yeah, so What's okay. an example? I should have been more clear that the brewery started with elderflowers. It okay. started with elderflowers and um, the brewing of elderflower champagne as a very mm. popular um, drink. It's quite an English sort of hedgerow classic. It's been around since when? Forever, right? Forever. Middle, middle ages, probably brewed elderflowers. It's the pagans. They would have. It's a Great. very meaningful plant. Um, it's with a huge medicinal. Um, use both elderberries and elderflowers and elderberries being incredibly valuable to, to people. So you'd forage for the elderberries and yeah, then brew them? we'd forage them and then brew them for a sort of sweet mm. citrus um, wort and then ferment that and it would create a very uh, euphoria-inducing kind of drink. Very good. Um, alcoholic then? Alcoholic. We did brew the alcoholic variety, but only 6%, 5-6%, so mm. lower alcohol than wine. Um, but then, yeah, we basically found about kombucha because of its actual gut-boosting properties. We thought we'd rather, if we're going to be making this, having to buy more of the core, the, the base ingredients like sugar, we thought kombucha is, uses less sugar and produces a healthier drink and um, also is the most brilliant base for all these other flavours that we learned how mm. to make. You can make all these... You can make so many different drinks, it's overwhelming, but you could just make kombucha and then you can do all of the the, the other plant uses as flavours of it, seasonal flavours, and that's what's exciting about it. So that's what you showed me already, that you have concentrated botanicals that you would make like a mocktail with that's kombucha. Right, yeah. So the latest um, turn of the development is that we've got really into making... Uh, they're called shrubs, and they're concentrated botanical infusions, which uh, use, use cider vinegar as the base to extract the flavours, and then you sweeten those, uh, you make them into a cordial with honey or any local sugar source you can get. Mm. And um, that's what we want to sort of scale up the partnership of the shrub and the kombucha, the botanicals in the kombucha. Yeah. And you're here in, I've just walked around your, your vast brewery. It's, it's a real pocket-sized, uh, I don't know how many square feet, less than 100 or two. Yeah, yeah. And no, our whole brewery here is, is less than 800 square foot, and that's including the cellar that we store the drinks in, the refrigerated mm. cellar. Um, 
and uh, all of our space is because uh, we're living in Brighton. This is like London by the Expensive. sea. Expensive. Yeah, but um, we've yeah we've come. We've we've got a very local supply model, and and I think that what we're going for is like a nano like a network of nano breweries. So once we've made this premises viable, um, we want to uh, focus on like teaching others and um, building a sort of network of producers in different places to supply their different regions. Yeah, you talked about you deliver through electric bikes. So. Yeah, yeah. There's luckily a great company called Zedifying who uh, do, who do that, take that on for us now because we, we started off doing it ourselves. And So it's really, what, a 20-mile radius of Brighton where people can buy or do you sell online? Even less than that. It's, like a f- a f- it's under five-mile radius in Brighton. We're only supplying direct to houses or restaurants or shops or cafes or bars within a five-mile radius. Um, and if people do buy our drinks online... Um, uh, we we yeah we can we can we can arrange it, but the shipping we don't we don't have the space to, as as you see to really run a shipping um, no. thing here as well, and we'd rather have less vehicles on the but road. You, but what you're saying then is you've got a viable business, five mile radius outlets to retail uh, bars, restaurants, as well as individual consumers. We're close. We're we're like it's only viable at the moment because of uh, lots of uh, labour investment from okay. the. Um, mm-hmm. The, the, the team, but we are closer than ever before, and I feel that yeah, we're getting with more direct trade from like people getting subscriptions from us via our website. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got the potential because to- it's true to say. I mean, kombucha in England, as I've commented, is is a many years behind in terms of any volume where the states is, for instance. So yeah. it's a huge upside as if and when it becomes a more popular drink that more people know about. You're positioned in this corner of England, to be a supplier of very high-quality, organic, yeah. uh, fair trade, so on, kombucha. That's right, yeah, yeah. No, we definitely know we need to grow, um, and we're crowdfunding at the moment to invest in better, more space and better equipment, because, you know, there'll be a time soon where we'll not be able to meet the demand from this brewery, and we, we want to, we want to, we do want to do it uh, on a slightly bigger scale, but only, like I said, in the... But talk to me then, the future then vision you have is part of you're going to be a, a model that can be replicated, is that what you were saying, with other nano breweries? Is that something? That would be the dream, and um, that will take, yeah, uh, we imagine that being possible through like a wiki online, like a fermentation uh, brewing sort of wiki, and we'd really like to partner mm-hmm. um, with the people that might be able to help us do that, the whole sort of franchising. There's potential for a sort of franchising model, but What's the strength about Old Tree and the reason we're still going really is not the business side of it, but the community side of it. Like we've taught a lot of people how to make their own kombucha mm. and they're now brewing it themselves. And we organise a big uh, apple harvesting festival every year um, that like really is gives a lot, of, creates a lot of joy and rescues a lot of unwanted apples that would otherwise go. Oh, out. so you actually organise groups that go to orchards and like yeah. what do they call it? Go, Scrump, no, what's the scrumping? Group? Yeah, scrumping we, for we, apples. We arrange, we arrange scrumping for apples. Yeah, and that will become cider. Um, and half of that cider now we turn to vinegar to make the shrubs with. Um, so that sounds like a differentiator for you. That I, I haven't come across any other kombucha companies. There probably are out there who dwell as or as focused on the botanicals, uh, like you say, beginning with the elderflowers and others. Yeah, that, that's part. That's a key part of the whole process. 
Absolutely, like we wouldn't be doing it without it. There's this, the community that comes from growing, uh, using local, growing local botanicals and harvesting them together. Like we make a, made it, the best flavor we made last year was rosemary and rose hip kombucha. So good. And so I would just say that if you want to uh, make that flavor, plant the edible hedgerows now. Like these, 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 these shrubs are growing everywhere. You, or just go for a walk in the countryside and pick fresh rose hips. They've got more vitamin C than anything and they are absolutely delicious. And if you want to source the rosemary, don't buy it. Just put a call out to your neighbours and I guarantee you they've probably got a rosemary bush that's 50 years old and has got more, you know, they probably have to trim it and ha- put, put it on the bonfire every now and then. And there's ways of extracting that which create the most delicious flavors because that sounds to me like a very uh huge value add for a wiki if you were to produce one there seems to be quite a lot of resources on you know how to brew kombucha but i've not heard of then take the next step do the uh, foraging get your botanicals and then you've got the base for a huge variety of flavors not just buying you know pineapple juice to to throw absolutely absolutely yeah yeah and it's making the most of the local resources that are the the most beneficial for you as well you know like the whole the combination of the fermentation and the botanicals is so exciting for us i think you get this you get the the metabolites the you know the it's like a whole lifetime's work of science that Mm. some metabolites are going to be good for certain some people's Mm. immune their digestive and immune conditions and we kind of really want to zoom in on that and like what is what are those but what are the best combinations and um, medical botanicals would be amazing to do. And you mentioned, maybe in humour, but you mentioned the the elderflower going back to the time of the Druids, but here in England, before industrialisation, probably from, you know, the time of whatever Stonehenge, the people were fermenting and using mead and everything else you read about. Yeah, mead, as I understand it, is the oldest... um, alcoholic drink because it was found with just you know honey and rainwater left in a clay pot that yeah. happened to gather wild yeast yeah. so forget the fact people say kombucha is 2,000 years old from China maybe it's 5,000 years ago in England that <laughs> parts of what you do those botanicals that can be traced back for, yeah. for botanical fermentation absolutely like it's as old as human yeah it's so embedded I think 10,000 years I think as before the dawn as as early as agriculture yeah sure sure. so if people want to find out more about what you're doing uh, a website and references they can look at sure Um, we're developing a lot at the moment um, we're crowdfunding to invest in our website but we've got um, some information on uh, oldtree.house o-l-d-t-r-e-e-e dot house Mm-hmm. That's oldtree.house. And, yeah, we've got uh, all of our products on there and um, some information about our Apple Festival and the wider work we're doing with com- edible landscapes and composting. And, and I presume if, like me, people find themselves in Brighton, which is a delightful hour-and-a-half train journey from central London, mm-hmm. it's the seaside, It's uh, you would be welcome visitors, I presume. For sure. Drop in and see us. Um, we're open Monday to Friday and... Um, we uh, have always got a fridge packed full of kombucha with a seasonal special one, whatever we're making. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.